0: Hey, and welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the freight sales show for closers. My name's Kevin Hill, here as always with Richie Daigle, and we are going to talk about pricing and negotiations in sales today, aren't we, Richie? That's right.
1: Fun topic. We could probably do 10 episodes on this topic.
0: We probably could. You know, I I think I've done two or three in the past on it. I I could do it week in, week out. It's always a fascinating uh, topic with me. Uh, Today, we're going to talk in the back half of the show about Chris Voss' Never Split the Difference. Uh, Phenomenal book. If you haven't read it, especially as a freight broker or in transportation sales, you need to because everything is price focused. Uh, and there's a way to deviate out of those prices. Lee Sals has great strategies. of Sell different mm-hmm. uh, is his book. He's been on the show multiple times, so you can go back and, and and watch those episodes or listen to those on our podcast. So, but but Chris Voss is never split the difference. It's how it did to get out of that that, that circle of high pressure sales, and, and 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 making sure that everyone kind of wins. You know, win win is a uh, overused corporate term uh, but everyone should should always leave the table with a good feeling. Yep. Yep.
1: It shouldn't be with a zero sum mindset, right? And I've exactly not exactly right zero I've, sum. I've not read the book. So you you've know,
0: not read the book? I know. How could you not read the book?
1: Really. It'll happen in the next few weeks. It, it
0: better happen. It better <laughs> but, happen. We will do another episode on it after you read it. And we'll talk about your key yep. takeaways from it it's excellent advice no matter what so i do encourage anybody out there who has not read that book never split, Different, never split the difference by chris voss to go out and read it today immediately you can find it anywhere it's a best selling negotiation book you've seen him on masterclass mm-hmm. he's got a masterclass about it but he's and a little bit of background on chris voss is that he developed the plan for fbi hostage negotiations right and it uh, went, went kind of veered off from the old way of what he always goes into, proof of life, kind of that tit-for-tat kind of bargaining, uh, where at the end of the day, and if you're a freight broker, you've certainly been in a position is, is you, know, you know, $1,500, 1400 hey, let, let's call it 1450 and just split the difference and go on our way. Uh, that's, that's how a lot of deals are done, but it's how to get out of, of that pattern about giving things a value that aren't necessarily monetary sometimes uh, to, to close the deal. And a lot of this is, is really based on having great information at your fingertips. Hmm. Having great information at your fingertips, and we are all about that at FreightWaves here. And to, to prove it, last week we had F3. We launched a, a game-changing product uh, called TRACK, and it's an acronym for... Trusted Rate Assessment uh, Consortium.
1: If I'm consortium. not mistaken, yes. yeah, it's a, I, I think it is game changing, and I think that's one of those words that we can throw out that, um, you know, might be overused a bit. You know, game changing. And every time game something changing. that's released, but honestly, we we talk so much about real time, mm-hmm. the importance of real time information, the importance of uh, having timely and trusted information that's actionable. Uh, and that is what Track is doing. We're bringing real-time spot market rates and market conditions and capacity information, putting it all in an intuitive dashboard so that users can be better informed quickly. Uh, and with that information, they can make more informed decisions. And then also when they get into these negotiations, they have something objective that they can point to, to say, look, it's not me, or it's, here's why I am doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm this is what we're seeing in in Sonar, and here's where we're at. And and so it allows people to be more transparent with their communications as well.
0: And and you can see that on the screen right now. Here's a snapshot of the the, the market dashboard and track rates in there. Can you fill us in, kind of explain what the the audience is seeing right there, Richie? Yeah, a
1: lot of great information here. So, uh, you know, we're looking at, I believe this is the Laredo to Detroit lane. Uh, and when we look at this lane, you know, we're able to see, you know, what is the rate? You know, that's what's going to jump off the page right in the middle. And the, the rate in green here is our spot rate. But, you know, we want to be transparent with our users about how do we get this information? How confident are we in this uh, rate based on the, the submissions that we've had to support this? And so we have that confidence score that does provide some transparency to say, Based on the data that we've collected, here's how confident we are in that rate. Uh, So that allows the end user to know to what degree they should be trusting that rate. We're going to be completely transparent about that. Um,
0: that, And Richie, that that, that, that data, right, It's ingested daily. It is. We have daily rates. Uh, What are those rates? I mean, what... what you know, What's the basis of the, of this data?
1: Yeah, so we're, th- these are spot rates that we are pulling from some of the largest brokerages in the country. And we have API connections set up that allow us
0: to pull that data in every 12 to 24 hours. So every 12 to 24 hours, we're getting uh, data of, of what these these large 3PLs are paying for trucks, right? Mm-hmm. That The carrier sales team, the rate negotiations are going out. This is what's being signed yeah. on the dotted line, all in rates the nice, on a daily basis right
1: and it's clean data and what we're doing to go a step further is we're we are requiring at least five different companies to be contributing rates on a specific mm-hmm. lane for us to take an average so that not one company can dominate a lane yep. right so that that allows for us to have a clearer picture and even with that methodology we have rates in over 600,000 van lanes mm-hmm. over 300,000 reefer lanes Uh, And with that frequency of updating from clean information from trusted sources, we're able to get a real clear picture on what the rate is on that lane. But this dashboard goes further than that. It's not just a rate. What's going on with capacity? We have capacity scores here uh, that tell us how attractive these lanes are to carriers on a scale of 1 to 100. We can show you what capacity is doing at the origin and destination uh, uh, markets. We can show you what's going on with tender rejections on that lane. So we can give you a lot of the underlying market information mm-hmm. that you can couple with what, what's going on with the rate. That allows a frontline broker to know what loads they should be covering first, what loads they should be pushing on. Where, where, sh- where do they have leverage to negotiate? Mm-hmm. Where they have no leverage whatsoever? What is the rate? What is their starting point? Tremendous amount of information. So whether you're, uh, you know, regardless of where you fall in the equation, uh, really useful information to be better informed.
0: Yeah, you know, as a freight broker myself, it's been five years since I booked a truck or covered a load. So it's been a little bit, uh, the rating tools we used to use, we use our own historical data sometimes, but that, that could, you know, if it was last week, it was still last week, but oftentimes it might be a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really tell you what the market rate is today or what it was yesterday. And then uh, some of the other rating tools were delayed, you know. Maybe five, 10, 15 days, and on the, the more liquid markets, uh, it, it's a little bit more stable, a little bit less volatile. And I wrote a, a, a research report maybe years so ago on liquidity and in, in, in different trucking lanes. Six hundred thousand lanes. Uh, Some are highly liquid. You know, take Chicago to Atlanta, you take Detroit to Laredo. It's it's pretty li- liquid lane. A lot of traffic. A lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for stabilizing uh, pricing. Mm-hmm. It's always good to see what the market rate is the day before. The less liquid lanes, the secondary lanes, are a little bit harder to price out on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And then the really liquid lanes are just hard to to do. So, so having that, those daily rates, knowing what people are, what the market is paying, right? Not people or certain companies, but what, what the market is truly paying for trucks on a daily basis, being able to to also have those indicators that, that come from uh, you know the the, the guts of, of, of sonar, which are OTBI, Otri, uh, you know d- days, uh, tender days, right? I forget mm-hmm. the, the the index for index name for that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, tender lead times. So that, that's right. Having that and having those momentum uh, indicators right there. Is, is is really important, right? To be able to, to, to see a price and, and know that this is a fresh price off the presses. let's run with it. That's what I always wanted as a broker.
1: And that's the thing is, uh, this has never been so needed as right now since the pandemic. Because, you know, when the pandemic set mm-hmm. in, what we've noticed, and I'm sure you've been noticing this as well, is everybody had an idea of like how certain markets behave and how certain geographical areas behave, how certain mm-hmm. lanes behave. I know that this, I know Denver's a terrible place for a carrier, mm-hmm. you know, and people go on and on and on about it. Well, the, what's happened since the pandemic is that there are markets like Denver that have notoriously been bad that suddenly yeah. are very healthy markets for carriers mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, there are certain lanes where the dynamics have become wildly well. different than what tribal knowledge would suggest. And so instead of being caught off guard and blindsided by that punch from a brokerage standpoint, it's not going to soften the punch, but if you see it coming, you can roll with it.
0: You, you can And I mean, what's a horrible market? I mean, I, I'm not looking for a location. What defines a horrible po- market?
1: Uh, to me, I know it's, what it's it is. a horrible market is a market where my perception of that market did not match reality. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, and the, the reason why you it's hard to your perception is hard to match with reality is because I don't know how to price it. You don't have any visibility. I know. I don't, I don't know how to price it so it's a horrible market because I could be wildly off. I have no idea.
1: You're doing the best you can, though. Yeah. With, it has nothing to do with your intelligence. No. It has everything to it's do little. with visibility and the information that you are plugging into your intelligence, mm-hmm. your, the, the okay. education, if you
0: will. If I had better information, I could price it better. I could be more accurate, more confident in what I'm doing, which means I'd win more. And it wouldn't be a horrible market. It'd be a horrible market for everybody else who can't price it. If I can price it, it's a great market.
1: With that added confidence, you get efficiency. But then you can also carry that transparency down to your to your client base as well. And you can say, "Hey, I know what's going on. I can mm-hmm. tell you what's going on, and here's why I know what's going on. It's yes. not just me and my thoughts and blah 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 yes. blah blah." Uh,
0: well, I, oftentimes, and and I, I won't say that this this is the normal case, even though it kind of is. <laughs> is you, you you take a, a lane that, that's maybe a little bit harder price or, or maybe in flux maybe volatile you, you send it uh, to your your prospect your customer the shipper and they like what, what did you do? just pull this out of thin air no i did not do that but yeah i did <laughs> I, I did I, i'm just i'm CYA. Right, I'm going to mark this up because I have no idea how how much a truck's going to be until I go out and actually do it. So I'm going to mark it up. So yes, I am pulling things out of thin air.
1: You're trying, you're you're you know, licking the finger and trying to gauge where the wind's at, I, yeah. right? And yeah. now now you have instruments, scientific instruments, where you don't have to do that. You can say, "Oh, I have a weather machine. It tells me how fast the wind's blowing." <laughs> you know, so <laughs> like you don't have to do that. Like you can just get precise with it. Um, I. I do think that it may take some of the fun out of the brokerage world because it's going to take a lot of the uncertainty. A tool like this can can make a broker go from riding
0: some of the stress, too.
1: Yeah, it's no longer a gambling game where you're at a blackjack table and you're like, let's see what happens. Let's see what the (laughs) dealer is going to flip over. I don't know if I'm going to win or lose on this. It's exciting. You take that excitement out, that little thrill of, Not knowing, because it's like playing poker where you get to see Mm -hmm. the other players' cards. You do. You win a lot. You can count the cards. But it's not as fun. You just win money.
0: You just win money. (laughs) It's like being able to count cards. It is. Uh, Same thing. You have that visibility to be able to to count cards. And if you can count cards, you're going to win more money. Um, I'm still trying to search for the word of of the the instrument that that measures wind. You know, I work with two meteorologists here, (laughs) and I still... I still don't know. So I feel a little bit embarrassed about that.
1: Yeah. Notice how I just called it a weather machine, which is not incorrect.
0: (laughs) It is not, 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 not incorrect, you know. It's like me calling a camera uh, that that thing over there. It's not incorrect. It is a thing. It's a picture maker. (laughs) maker. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about negotiations, right? We have 10 best practices coming from Chris Fossett's book. Never split a difference. I found this on Gong um, that they had a blog post or infographic on this. We use Gong here. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know, it's a great tool, right?
1: It's fantastic. And, and you know, the, the one thing I will say before we jump into this about negotiations and yeah. this, this is just coming from Richie. I think about a lot of things through the lens of chess and, yes. and chess, you have positional positional strategy and you have tactics. And when you first learn to play chess, a really smart chess instructor will start with end game tactics. The the tactical movements Mm -hmm. on what you should do when there are very few pieces on the board and you are trying to work into the end game. How do you finish off your Mm -hmm. opponent? How do you end the game? Very few few pieces and you're working through a lot of those tactical, you can't do this, you can't do that, you want to do this, and, and the best practices. Yep. That's where I think a lot, and without before we get into this, I feel like that's where a lot of the majority of negotiation goes to is in-game tactics. Mm-hmm. But when you get further along in chess, you learn positional strategy. And a really, really strong positional player can set up the board in a way to where the in-game, the in-game essentially just takes care of itself. There's not a whole lot of real high-stress negotiation and moving and... The tactics are very, very plain and evident, mm-hmm. and and, it, and it closes, the close, the game closes and ends itself because the position was controlled so incredibly well. Yeah. So I think that you can start with your in-game tactics, which is really smart, and I think that's kind of where we're going with a lot of this negotiation mm-hmm. talk, but I think oh, yeah. that as you move along in sales, you want to understand how to set up the positioning, which gets down to uh, a lot of other things there.
0: It, yeah. it really does. Those are great points. I have another chess analogy uh, that I'll do really quickly, and it goes back to, to data and visibility, right? If you're playing chess and you're saying I'm going to move this, uh, the, this this castle over to this square, and the person across the table is is, is using Queen Four to King Five or something, you're probably going to lose.
1: Yeah, right? if because they know their
0: notation You're playing with somebody who has greater information and greater knowledge, greater skill than you do, and you're going to lose out.
1: Well, it's pattern recognition, and it's looking 6, 7, 10, 12 yep. moves ahead, right? Yep. So the same thing in sales, if you're just looking tactically, you're looking one move ahead.
0: And and uh, one more point, too, is is if you're spending a lot of time pricing things with not uh, any confident, confidence, right? Imagine being able to, to price more confidently, taking less time, how productive you can be using that time and the, the energy of... Being kind of insecure about what you're sending over as, as a price, your sales game is going to jump.
1: Let's unpack so, that. What does it mean to price confidently? Having great information. But what does that lead like? I, what does that feel like? If I, and, oh, it feels
0: great. It feels like you, you're holding uh, four kings. Or so if right? if you
1: price confidently, and I come at you with ten different questions,
0: oh, you can answer this.
1: Yeah. You're four, five, six, seven, eight moves ahead. You are, yes. Right? I and mean, if you're not pricing confidently, you're defending. And I come at you really with three right? or four questions what happens? Your, your pricing is a house of cards.
0: Yeah, it's going to drop.
1: As soon as somebody pushes on it a little you're gonna,
0: bit, it's going to drop. You're not going to make any money on the load, or you're not going to cover the load. You're going to disappoint the customer. You're going to get yourself into a death spiral that takes time. Right? That's most mm-hmm. most precious commodity, right? It's time. You don't want to get into that. So, well, let's throw up number one. (laughs) No oriented questions. I think this is probably the best. I agree with them. This is technique number one. We are always trained to get yeses, collect yeses, collect yeses. You know, when you feel confident, right, we'll go back to confidence, is when you're in a position where you can say no. If you can say no, and if you let people say no, they feel more confident in dealing with you.
1: I agree. And I guess there's psychology there. It's the same thing with where, um, you know, solving a problem is is has more appeal than than bringing mm-hmm. in additional revenue, right? Yep. If I can say I can prevent a bad thing from happening, that is a greater motivator than saying, you know, I can do something for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a lot happier if I can say I can prevent your car from blowing up and your house catching on fire than if I said, hey, I got this thing that's going to bring you $50,000 next week.
0: Mm-hmm. You are. You you are. And if if I sit here and ask you ten questions and they're like, of course I have to say yes. I have to say yes. You're you're you feel like you're in a corner. Yeah. If you can say, oh no, that's not the case, or or no. And if you have those outs, it might be a false out in a lot of ways, but it's still an out. And if you if you are in a negotiation or in a sales process where you can say no, and that, that goes for the salesperson too. If you feel caught enough to where you say no, you're gonna feel better in the in the cell too. So number two, straight up, and that goes kind of back to this number one, right? You know, this could be manipulative, high pressure, uh, a lot of BS rolling on uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Just be straight up. But I got this. You got that. Can we make a deal? Yes or no? One caveat there: don't
1: announce that. Don't say I'm going to be straight up with you, (laughs) because. Yeah. Be honest We've talked about this. I know. Right? We have. Yes. Just do the thing. Don't don't announce that you're doing the thing.
0: Just do it. <laughs> Nike,
1: had kind of figured something out
0: there. They, they did, yeah. Just do it. Okay. What do we have for number three? Mirroring it is very important. You know, some, some people say it's a little bit fake, but uh, I think we all do it in our natural lives anyway, right? If someone's really excited and, and talking, we kind of mimic that. Mm-hmm. People are, are low guarded. We mimic that. We kind of mirror in our own life and the people who can mirror the best and really uh, put people at ease are the most successful themselves.
1: Yep. and I'd say that the the caveat here is be authentic with it. You know, like you, you Mm -hmm. want, you don't want to do this in a way that's kind of comes off like, Awkward. <laughs> you, yeah, want, yeah, you, you, want to, you want to be natural. You're not a it.
0: mime or an imitator, right? You're right. not doing an impersonation of somebody. You're, you're <laughs> just reflecting their and showing empathy. That, that shows empathy whenever yep. you can reflect their, their attitudes as well. Uh, what do you have for number four here is the late night FM DJ voice. This is kind of the, the soothing. You, know, you get to a point where you just try to make someone feel comfortable, mm-hmm. and that, that comes with confidence and visibility the data behind you your knowledge if you can be confident and have that that relaxing engaging uh manner and voice you're basically leading somebody down a path
1: and i think that the com- you hit the nail on the head there confidence is something that can make that be really truly authentic mm-hmm. if you're really confident in something you're saying hey this is where we're at this is what it is this is why love yep. to help you out like That can be very natural, and you don't feel the stress that can cause you to
0: not have that approach. Exactly right. Number five, practice positivity. I think you can agree with me or disagree with me, Richie. I think it takes more energy to be negative than it does to be positive.
1: Yeah, positivity is huge. Uh, You know, the the book... Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, which is another great book. He mm-hmm. recommended one to me. I don't know if you've read it, but it's, it's fantastic. Um, but you know, Viktor Frankl talks a lot about crosswinds. And you know, if you're trying to land a plane, and you know, Craig Fuller might agree with this or relate to this, yep. and you're, uh, you're just trying to go from point A to point B, but there's a crosswind, if you aim for this, you're going to end up lower. Mm-hmm. And so you have to aim above it, and you know, have to do this crabbing technique in order to land where you want to be. So in order to be what you're capable of being, you have to overestimate. You have to be positive. That positivity is going to be your your way of crosswinding into those negative crosswinds to get to where yeah. you actually want to get.
0: And for our hockey fans out there, Wayne Gretzky said the, basically the same thing: you have to skate where the puck is going to be. Yep. Yep. That might not be a perfect analogy, but I'll <laughs> go with it anyway. Yeah. Well, let's go with number six. How questions, right? How open-ended. Basically, this that, is what it really means. Open-ended. How, you know, if if someone uh, and, and he makes a really good point, you know, certainly if you're if you're negotiating with with kidnappers and they want uh, five million dollars in cash, how am I supposed to do that? How how am I supposed to do it? And it goes with rates too. I want to rate twenty percent below market. Oh, that's great, but how how am I supposed to do that? how am i supposed to find a truck that, that's reliable that's going to get there on time that we can all feel confident in if i'm paying below market rates for that i know you want to you you don't want to pay as much but but how are we supposed to how is this supposed to work out for us
1: yep and what you're doing is you're you're formulating a a an atmosphere and an environment where you can kind of put your heads together to solve a problem yeah. Right. so it's, yeah, It it's, becomes
0: their idea too, right? That yeah. That's how you, you kind of push it off, uh, push a problem back to them and, and they can oftentimes come up with a solution. And exactly. that's the, the, the point of that. Number seven, just have a couple minutes left. So we'll, we'll run through these. The, the F-bomb. Fair. Oh, no. <laughs> that's fair. Not freight waves. Fair. <laughs> that's the, the F-bomb. Right. You always want to be fair, you know, yep. and that's, you know, everyone has to be happy with that decision or you're going to have buyer's remorse and things are just going to fall apart. And it's going to be horrible. Number eight, labeling. And this is when you take their objections and you label, you know, you put a label on it because oftentimes if you label someone's uh, actions or emotions, they really become constant of that, that that fact and it turns them inward. inward.
1: Yeah, and you can ask them to correct you if you're wrong
0: as well in that label. Yep, certainly does. So uh, number nine, clarify with questions. So Mm -hmm. it goes back to discovery, right? You're the king of discovery, aren't you?
1: Making sure that what you are hearing is actually what they are intending to communicate to you. Don't assume.
0: Yep. Yep. Number 10, tactical apologies, right? So, so, So basically... You know, being courteous, right? Mm-hmm. Showing manners, being courteous, that's it. You can go to gong.io um, or, or Chris Voss. Uh, certainly, I, I do recommend that again. This this book is great. You should read it, Richie. We should do another yeah. show about it. Uh, you could do a master class on it, which Chris Voss actually does. So, But that's <laughs> going to wrap it up for, for this Put That Coffee Down, uh, 12 PM Eastern Time. Tuesdays on Freight TV and Freightcast. You can find it wherever you download your podcast. But until next week, make some margin. I got friends, only one of the business. I got expenses.